Hello and welcome to episode 81 of the Live to Walk Again podcast. My name is Jeremy Dixon, your host as always, and uh, here in studio once again, it's Brandon Stevens. Brandon, say hello to the people. Jay, what's up? Hey, am I not up for co-host of the year hey, you, anymore? You might be. You might be well to talk about that. Um, Dang. Uh, cool. You're always a candidate, man. You're always in the running, I, I would say. Top five? Gotta be gotta be anyway well, you can listen to this podcast we, we appreciate you joining us you can listen to this podcast on any platform that uh plays podcasts i would say you can listen on apple on spotify tune in stitcher radio stitcher radio you got what iheart radio we're everywhere yeah we're everywhere check us out uh yeah so brandon i'm glad that we were able to uh to get together today. i know your son just started um back to regular school so we may be doing more of these remotely in the near near future but maybe uh you know you never know i might get that i might fall slip and fall and get that vaccine one of these days fingers (laughs) crossed we're we're gonna get that for you eventually i heard of uh i saw that in florida nothing bad ever happens in florida right anyway two uh like 20 something year old women uh, dressed up as like 90 year old women and went and stood smart in, stood in line and got uh they did get caught but oh, they, they didn't did? get caught till they went back for their second dose so they got one so they got the first might one. as well just give them the second i know one. at that point you're like well we already had this set aside yeah, that's smart and innovative well that's... we could probably dress you up if you want hey man i'm uh are we having a windstorm right now? I don't do anything. I know. The wind just kicked up, started blowing, so yeah. hopefully we don't lose power. Hopefully uh, we don't get a tree fall on us. No kidding. That was a, that was a very aggressive aggressive uh, burst of wind there. Well, I mean, you know, uh, whatever it takes to get the vaccine for some people, apparently. They yeah. were, but they seem like maybe a little young. Yeah, they were healthy. Like I don't even know if I would be concerned. Maybe they just it. wanted to point out the, that it was possible. They probably did it for the gram. Probably, man. <laughs> probably. Speaking of, wild, uh, man. speaking of so- social media, man, um, there's... So you on, you're on Clubhouse, right? Oh, yeah. You? Yeah, I I'm thought you were. You're not ever on there, but I know you Some have a Clubhouse I, I account. Do, yeah, I've been on there a few times. Yeah. Um, well, I... Yeah, I actually went on there the other day. I saw uh, uh, somebody I know um, from social media that's also uh paralyzed was on there and so i went in and actually like connected with somebody else that we're gonna have nice. on the podcast soon huh. so it seems like it seems like kind of a cool you know cool uh clubhouse platform is that, cool like you can just uh you can just be having a conversation with hundreds anybody. of people yeah at one time and um without having the burden of, of having everybody on video yeah which takes a lot of bandwidth and also like not everybody wants to be on camera exactly so uh but the platform's pretty cool if you haven't been on there i mean you can follow pretty much any topic it's not very user friendly right now in my opinion when i was following stuff then i wanted to go back and listen to it i couldn't find it oh yeah like i think you have to to like the i don't know yeah i don't don't know know. i'm not sure exactly how it works either i just started following a few people i knew that we can take the podcast on there man i know well i the are my uh my handle or whatever on there is live to walk again and yeah it's it's all about the podcast bro it's what we do do out here represent um yeah man hot like breaking news 
basically yesterday um bitmoji came as is big in the uh in the spinal cord injury community. Oh, equal Bit, representation bitmoji uh came correct man my my guy heath uh win who we're gonna have on the podcast in a few weeks probably uh he actually hit me up on instagram and was like man check this out they have the uh are you talking about wheelchair Apple? accessible bitmojis now or like the app bitmoji where you like download it or is it like the apple emojis um, I think it's just the I think it's the ones you have to download. Gotcha. I'm pretty sure, but it was it was a hot topic yesterday on uh, Eric Hawk, our guy from Portugal. The man was uh, talking about it quite a bit. Did you make the Bitmoji yet? I haven't yet. I haven't. Well, at first I thought it was an Apple thing, so I went and tried to do it on just on my yeah. iPhone, and yeah. then I realized quickly that that is not the case. Yeah. So I have to download Bitmoji and yeah. start messing with that. But yeah, you can make make yours. Yeah, man, all uh, we're start, all included. Just start putting it out there. Well, yeah, you guys all. When I made my original one, just the face, you guys are like, you look like Drake. Like, what the hell's wrong with you? It's like I don't know, man. <laughs> dude, that's facts, man. You do it too, man. I'm like Jay. I don't think you're that dark, dude. I mean, I know you're. Italian, it's not really but... dark. It's, I, I didn't feel like it was that dark. I was like, all right, you see me in the summer, bro. Um, <laughs> anyway. Anyway, well, uh, yeah, Brandon, this week, um, you know, friend of the podcast and friend in real life, uh, Davin Pontahan, uh, messaged me a few weeks ago. I think I talked about this study that he had sent me from the University of Washington. Yeah. Um, we talked about it a couple of weeks ago on the podcast. And so I had emailed the doctors that were involved in that. And um, Dr. Fatma Inanichi responded to me and said i would say, love Dr. to do Anichi, do you love me no i did oh. not say that <laughs> she no. right. she uh she got back to me right away and was more than happy to come on the podcast and yes you know, so we got to I, I visited with her for probably a good 30 minutes and you know todd we talked about the study so the study is basically it's non-invasive it's basically a non-invasive form of epidural stimulation more or less where they put these electrodes that run on a different wavelength so it doesn't like won't burn your skin or something because they're doing it at really high amps or whatever when they put it they put one one electrode above your injury and one below your injury yeah uh you know your your spinal cord injury or you know where the break is or whatever then they um have you do you know so they're stimulating that and this is after they've had you do like a couple weeks or maybe a month of uh in intense physical therapy trying to like pick up like they were going like picking up a ping pong ball and trying to like set it in something to then going to picking up like a tiny little bead something and much setting, harder yeah and setting that into into a bowl or whatever and like one guy prior to the treatment they, well no this is that's so the they started the ping before, pong ball before sorry afterwards and they after could get, they could get like little thing and one guy went from you know, barely being able to move his hands to playing a guitar. Dang. So it's crazy, and like, so it, it's all, it, it's all, um, you know, on the surface of your skin. I forget yeah. what they call. It. I forget the what the word is. Well, it's. I but, mean, we um, get it when you say non-invasive. Yeah. So it, it's over the skin, but the the good thing about it is that it the the benefits of it stayed like for months and months after they stopped doing the the uh, electrical stimulation. Wow. Which is crazy. So it like so it wasn't just to do it. Like it had long longer term effects. Yes, and so and then she said they're 
they're all um you know everybody that's that has participated is still has what some, um what some levels positive. of injuries were they working with do you remember did do you recall um they were using they were working with incomplete um cervical spinal cord injuries i believe okay so unfortunately mine's a complete i, I was like i volunteer like i'll do yeah. it like what yeah. do you want me to do because they are accepting volunteers why, why too. can't um but they haven't tried it on anybody with complete um not yet she said that maybe ucla or somebody was um doing some some uh studies with complete injuries and that they're the the study going on at the university of washington that we were talking about is now branching out to across the country and maybe some other um, other countries as well Man. on the second round of their of their trials so yeah and she said they're they're accepting patients for the trials now so i'm going to include her email address in the description of the podcast and that way anybody mm-hmm. that has an incomplete injury can give them a call because they have like i said they're they're going to be doing it at different places all over the country so it'll be heck yeah easily um more accessible to to more people exactly and then eventually they're gonna she said uh that we're gonna stay in touch because if if and when they start they open up i will be there with bells on yeah you should be you should be able to get in there then especially since it's really close yeah exactly university of washington yeah we've spent enough money on uh their poor basketball team (sighs) for the last 10 years that I deserve to be involved in the study. Anyway, without uh, further ado, let's get to Dr. Fatma Inanichi, and uh, we'll talk to you on the other side. This week on the Live to Walk Again podcast, we are very excited to welcome Dr. Fatma Inanichi, University of Washington Senior Postdoctoral Researcher in Electrical and Computer Engineering. Uh, Dr. Inanichi, thank you so much for, for coming on the podcast. I really appreciate it. Sure, it's my pleasure. Great, great. So actually a friend of mine who is an alumni of the University of Washington, and we've been friends since we were kids, he sent me this article about, I guess you would, you, your words were transcutaneous spinal cord stimulation study. Um, yes. And so, and, and, you know, just for the article, just, you know, like the video that was with the article showed people, um, I guess, getting electrical stimulation, and they were able in association with physical therapy, and then they were able to start using their hands and upper extremities uh, um, quite a bit more. So can, can you give us kind of a brief overview of, of what the study is and, and uh, where you're at with that? Yeah, of course. So we started working on this projects, uh, project three years ago, and uh, our purpose was to test the non-invasive stimulation strategy uh, if it works to improve hand and arm function because we know that uh, almost five to ten years people are working on spinal cord stimulation to improve walking to improve locomotion but uh, a very few groups focused on uh, upper extremity function so Uh, And also we know that upper extremity function is quite important uh, for people, people's independent living Uh, and uh, existing treatment options are limited uh, to improve or to restore upper limb function. Uh, So we decided to find new treatment strategies uh, for the upper limbs for tetraplegic people. 
uh, we is, as I told, we started three years ago uh, working on this project. Up to now, we included seven participants with tetraplegia who are all incomplete, uh, uh, have incomplete injuries. Uh, what we did first, we, um, we did physical therapy to improve hand and arm function, uh, to understand how we can improve without stimulation. And then after one month of uh, training only, uh, we combined spinal cord stimulation to physical therapy. And we saw that during uh, training only, uh, people regained some function, but it was very limited as you can expect in the chronic stage. When we added stimulation to the training, the improvements were better. Uh, and some, some of our participants were not uh, using their hands because there were no movement in the thumbs and fingers. Uh, but when we added stimulation to the training, we saw that uh, their thumbs and fingers started moving. They started moving their hands. Although it is very small, they started producing measurable pinch force, which is really important for daily activities. Yeah. Uh, some other participants who have uh, movement in their hands, but it's limited, uh, they started using their hands better, more efficiently. Uh, so uh, we concluded that non-invasive spinal stimulation form can help to improve function better than training alone. Uh, yeah, I, this is the summary of the study. Okay. And so um, you stimulate actually on the neck where the injury occurred or uh, upper back or the neck where the injury occurred. And um, from the pictures and the video, it looked like maybe they had electrodes attached to their arms too. Where is that? Um, uh, the, uh, the electrodes uh, attached to the arms are not stimulating the muscles. They are the sensors to record the muscle activity. They are EMG sensors. So we only stimulated electrical stimulation is delivered to the neck from two points, one above the injury site, one below the injury site. Uh, yeah, that, that, that's the strategy. We didn't stimulate the muscles. Okay. I yeah, I see that makes sense. So yeah, how much, I mean, did some of these, uh, the, the participants in the study already have minor movements in their hands? So, yes. So, okay. And so how much, you know, movement and control, and then also, uh, you know, did, how much was recovered, I guess, like, I guess you can't, I, I, they showed one, one person playing a guitar after, you know, which is amazing. That's pretty, yes. that's pretty amazing. So, um, that's true. So not all the participants responded uh, the same magnitude uh, to the stimulation. Some of them responded uh, immediately. Some responded after a few weeks of stimulation, but the improvements were progressive. Uh, so uh, still this is an early stage research. So we do not know the optimal stimulation parameters. We do not know who can benefit more from the stimulation. We do not know if 
this treatment is useful for everyone. So uh, still we are trying to understand, uh, trying to find answers to these questions. Uh, so, for example, uh, everybody benefited some, to some extent, but uh, not uh, to the same extent. Uh, uh, what, what can, how can I describe, let me think. Uh, muscle function or the hand function improved uh, when we used some specific tests such as grasp test. Uh, we looked at the prehension. Uh, we, we tried to quantify the prehension in this test. So the score improved. We also tested the muscle strength, such as grip force, pinch force. As I told, uh, two of our participants were not moving their fingers and thumb when at the, at the beginning of the study, but they started moving their fingers and we measured, we recorded, we, we recorded measurable pinch force uh, uh, at the end of four weeks stimulation. Uh, these are important. The other people who have some movement, who have some pinch and grip force at the beginning, uh, improved their strength up to sevenfold, two oh, to wow. sevenfold. Uh, I believe that these are really important improvements. We are not saying that this uh, kind of stimulation, spinal cord stimulation, cures the paralysis, but it improves the function uh, meaningfully. Yeah, that, that's amazing. I was wondering, does does feeling return with anybody? Uh, did they have feeling in their fingers and hands after? Uh, yes, we... Uh, None of our participants uh, had uh, uh, full loss of sensation in, in their hands, but they reported that uh, their sensation was better, not on the fingers and hands, but all over the body. For example, they told that uh, their thermoregulation improved when they go outside in the cold weather, cold temperatures, they felt the temperature better. During shower, they felt the temperature better. Uh, and again, it was not same for all participants. Some participants reported better improvement in sensation, such as proprioception in their lower extremities, for example. Uh, but it improved sensation as well in some participants. Uh, Sensation and movement were not the only uh, beneficial outcomes of the study. Uh, we also observed or our participants reported improvements in their autonomic functions. For example, a few participants mentioned about reducing bubble management time uh, in the morning. Wow. Uh, some participants reported better bladder control, their residual volume decreased. Although we didn't measure them, this was not the purpose of the study, but they reported this kind of beneficial outcomes as well. Uh, one of our participants improved his heart rate uh, at the end of the stimulation. So we will uh, look at these kind of uh, autonomic improvements as well in our future studies. Oh, 
Oh, that that's great. That's great. So I, I know that a, a lot of the participants were suffering from chronic spinal cord injuries. So they, they had been injured for at least a, a couple of years, a year and a half, I think the article said. Um, mm-hmm. what was, is this, so I'm, you know, I'm 20 year now, 23 years now post injury. So um, is this going to be something that that's useful for p- patients further out too? I mean, Absolutely. We think that we didn't uh, conduct this study during the first year after injury because we know that there are some natural uh, improvement during the first year. So we would like to look, we would like to be sure uh, that spinal cord stimulation is working uh, other than natural recovery. So uh, one of our participants were 12 years post-injury and uh, maybe he is the most benefited person from the stimulation. Uh, The other groups in UCLA uh, studied one participant who was, if I'm not wrong, 23 years post-injury. He also improved his uh, grip strength. Uh, so there is, a, there is not a limit uh, for improvement, I believe. But as I told before, we do not know who can benefit more or who, who can really benefit, who, who are high responders, no responders maybe. Right. We will figure it out in, in our future research. Yeah. So um, in, in your specific study, was the, was the patient that was 12 years removed from his injury, was, was that the furthest out uh, of any of, your, of the participants in the study? Uh, would you please say again? Oh, in, your, in your study, you said there was someone who was 12 years post-injury. Is that the person who had the longest uh, term injury that, that you worked with specifically? Up to now, yes. Okay, cool. Very. That's very cool. Um, that that's yeah. That's positive. Uh, positive news. I was wondering. So, how long after therapy concluded did people keep the? I mean, are are they still having positive results? I don't know how far post post mm-hmm. the study you guys are right now, but you know, are people still reporting positive signs? Uh, actually, this is the most fascinating result of the study. We followed up our participants up to six months after we stopped treatment, stimulation, and uh, training. Uh, of course, they continued their own uh, exercises uh, at home, uh, but we didn't control it. We just recommended to uh, stay active as much as possible. And at the end of six months of follow-up, they were still doing much, much better than the baseline measurements, baseline situation. So uh, this um, long-lasting effect of stimulation is really important. And this is, this is maybe the most important result of the study. Yeah, absolutely. So what are your thoughts? I, I know you mentioned earlier that uh, you, the only uh, you only did the study initially on people with incomplete injuries. Um, mm-hmm. you think that this could be something that would work for complete injuries as well. Is that uh, going to be part of the next round of, of trials? Uh, 
uh, we will uh, include complete injuries as well in the future. We didn't plan it yet, but this is the possibility. First, we focused on the incomplete injuries because we wanted to compare the stimulation with the standard of care, which is exercise therapy. And active exercise is important to improve function. With complete injuries, it would be difficult to show the training effect uh, because of the severity of the injury. Uh, that's why we decided at this initial state of the research uh, to start with the part, uh, participants with incomplete injuries. But recently uh, from Kessler Institute, I believe uh, the researchers reported one case report who had complete injury, they stimulated this participant's neck with the same uh, non-invasive stimulation strategy, and they reported very encouraging results with this participant as well. Okay, that, that's encouraging, definitely. Um, you know, how do you think, I was thinking about it because I, you know, I interview a lot of people with spinal cord injuries on the podcast here as well, and I was thinking about my friends that are paraplegics, do you think this is something that eventually uh, that you guys are going to try to do trials on? If, if uh, I know you mentioned that some of the, the participants in the study had even uh, sensation, low, you know, in their lower extremities, do you think this could be something that eventually could be used on paraplegics as well to try to? Yes, actually, there is an ongoing study in our lab to look at the results uh, of lumbar spinal cord stimulation to improve uh, walking function, lower extremity function. So uh, yes, this is one of the things we are trying to figure out how it is useful to improve locomotion, to improve walking. Oh, great, great. And then uh, yeah, I wanted to know, I have like three different TENS units or you know electrical stimulation little units uh, that I put on my shoulders and my my neck and stuff like that, just to kind of relieve pain and things like that. But what's the difference between something like that and like the amount of, I guess, voltage that you guys are using um, with the stimulation mm -hmm. in the lab there? <clears throat> so the device we are using uh, to deliver the electrical current has a unique feature. This has a very high overlapping frequency. Uh, over the burst frequency, which is 10 kilohertz, very high overlapping frequency. Uh, this feature is unique and important because uh, this very high frequency, overlapping frequency, allows us to increase the stimulation intensity uh, up to, let's say, 100 milliamps without causing any pain or discomfort. Without this very high overlapping frequency, uh, we cannot increase the amplitude of the current, current, so we cannot reach the deep structures of the spinal cord over the skin. If you use the tense unit, uh, you have a limit to increase the amplitude without uh, causing pain. Uh, the other most important thing I have to mention, and I have to emphasize that, if you try to use other um, commercially available 
stimulators because of this discomfort when you are increasing the amplitude may trigger autonomic dyslexia, which may be really dangerous. So I would not recommend to use uh, available devices to stimulate the spinal cord. Uh, yeah, this is really important. I really would yeah. like to emphasize that. Okay, yeah, I'll make, I'll make sure to <laughs> pass that along to everyone too, um, that that's not the, not the way to go. Uh, so I was wondering too, um, I just have a couple more questions for you here, Dr. Anichi. I was wondering what the benefit, or I guess, I guess it's what made your study decide to look at kind of alternating physical therapy with the, the electrical current um, at different times? And, and how did you come to, you know, the, the point where you thought, well, we'll do one week on, one week off? working like that, what, yeah, where, where did, and how, how has that worked? Do you, do you think that's the best course of action? Are you going to uh, play with it a little bit in the future? What, um, as the study moves forward? So there's not a perfect study design to understand the effect of stimulation, uh, but to show the efficacy, we need to compare uh, the outcomes, the results with a standard treatment. So we decided to start with training alone first, which is a standard treatment for upper extremity uh, function. Uh, we looked at the improvements, how much improvements we can regain uh, during this training only. Then uh, we added stimulation. Uh, stimulation itself is not a treatment for improving motor function. It's not a passive treatment. Although we do not know the mechanism of action, we think that uh, it looks that electrical stimulation acts like an amplifier that allows the weak, silent spinal cord structures to become active. But this is not enough to restore function. We need exercise, we need practicing. And by practicing the movements again and again, these activated neural structures become stronger. Uh, they connect better with each other. And after a while, they do not need external electrical stimulation because of this neuroplasticity uh, thing. Uh, so uh, combining exercise and stimulation is the treatment. Stimulation is not by itself the treatment. I understand that. That makes perfect sense. Uh, and then I guess the final question uh, in the article, it had mentioned that uh, a new trial was going to be starting uh, kind of across the, the world in different locations, including the University of Washington here in Washington State in Seattle. Um, what, how do people get involved? I mean, are, are you still accepting applicants for this? How, how do people get involved? And when does the next study, uh, the next uh, trial start? Absolutely. So we are about to start in, in a few weeks. Actually, we are recruiting new participants, new volunteers. I would be happy to... Being 
eligible screening who are interested in the study, who have cervical level spinal cord injury, incomplete injury. Uh, so uh, uh, yes, the study will include more participants from multiple sites. And this will give us a better understanding who can benefit more, what's, uh, we will have more safety data with more participants, uh, more outcome results with more participants. Uh, so yeah, uh, please reach out to me uh, if you are interested in participating in the study. I'm announcing this to everyone who is interested in. Uh, that would be, yeah, great. Oh, should I just get, I'll include your uh, email address. Is that, do you, or how's the best way to get in touch? Email uh, first is the best way. I can call who are interested in to do the first eligible to screening via phone. Then we can meet in person uh, to see what is needed. Uh, if our study is good fit for them or not. Uh, so yeah, email communication first is the best way, I believe. Okay, well, I am interested, uh, Dr. Nietzsche, I don't know. I, well, I, I have a complete injury though. So are you not gonna be um, dealing with anyone with complete injuries on this round of trials? Uh, uh, for now, we will not include, but uh, in the future, for sure, we will uh, do new studies. We will uh, conduct new studies uh, to include complete participants as well. Okay. Well, I'll be. I'll. Uh, I'll keep bothering you then until uh, until I hear back about that one. Please, this uh, so it's, it's it will be my pleasure to contact you again. Okay. Well, uh, Dr. Fatma Inanichi, I appreciate all of uh, of your time coming on the podcast and, and explaining this uh, fascinating study to, to all of our listeners and and I'll include your email address uh, in with the podcast when it goes out so that people can reach out if they um, feel like they they would uh, qualify or benefit from from being a part of the trial perfect uh, thank you so much uh, for inviting me for the forecast uh, it's it's really uh, my pleasure to meet you Oh, my pleasure as well. Thank you so much, Dr. Nanichi. Thank, thank you. We'll, we'll uh, yeah, we'll be, we'll be in touch and uh, maybe check in down the road a little ways. Sounds good. Thank you. Okay. Bye. All right. That was Dr. Fatma Nanichi. I want to thank her again for joining me on the podcast, telling us all about um, that very interesting study that they're working on. Um, and yeah, I mean, I've been a lifelong Husky fan anyway, Brandon. So I'm kind of glad that um, yeah, you it's, know, it's good to see the good home team are coming out of there. I mean, I know that the University of Washington is one of the best world-renowned uh, academic um, universities in in the world. Their medical, yeah, yeah their medical and so, school is, is um, really good. But it is it is nice to have that in our backyard. I mean, it's, uh, assuming that um, you know things keep at this pace Jeremy with uh, all the research that's being done and that we've highlighted in the last two years it seems like um, it's just a matter of time it's so you know? true so I mean whether it's uh, because this this might be one of those things that you know regaining partial um, even if it's fine motor skills can you know 
lead to a whole bunch of different things. You know, right. it can cause a chain reaction, and this is you know putting those things together. You know, I saw um, an interesting thing on Instagram. I think it was I'm not sure if it was Ashley or Nikki Collette that who we interviewed mm-hmm. a few weeks sure. ago. Um, one of them though, they post a lot of like really inspiring stuff, and uh, they had posted something about like. And they're like less than two years or just about two years removed from their uh, their injuries and they posted one of them posted something about um like just now kind of coming to grips with what what this is and oh geez yeah. um I mean. you know like how how did other people deal with it whatever the case whatever it was um and they i was i like you know i wrote her back and was just like I didn't, like, it took me, like, I mean, I thought, I honestly, like, didn't really care about much those first few years, especially, because I just figured, like, it's, there. I'm like, no way, man, like, five years, probably, I'm going to be walking again. Just a temporary thing. Yeah, it's, like, a temporary thing, so I didn't, like, really accept accept it, and, like, you know, I just kind of... Just rolled with it. Yeah, I mean, I just kind of put myself in a. I mean, I really like kind of put myself in a cocoon and didn't do anything. Yeah, for a that's true, years. man. Well, more than that, <clears throat> I mean, I would say like even about ten years ago. Even, yeah, I mean, it took me a long time to really, um, you know, like accept what this is and that yeah, I need to do yeah. whatever I can to um, just figure out, try to help. In, in any way possible to figure out a freaking cure for this thing. So. Yeah, but not even that, man. Just like living life, and that's in true general, too. Yeah, dude. like I've really, like, I feel like I bl- I put up blocks. Like dude, even, I mean, even today I do. But like, I mean, I we do a still, lot more now than oh, I used for to. For sure, bro. I mean, we still were like wouldn't invite Jeremy because you would just be like, nah, I'm not, I'm not gonna, I'm not going anywhere. I know, man. Do you know? I know. And so that's still. Uh, lingers there like bro it's been it's been a while right <laughs> but you know to start going back out to sporting events or concerts well and or then now with covid man eat. it's yeah like... well everybody's now you know we get a little bit of taste of that for everybody yeah. but i mean now yeah you don't want to go out there um and get sick but um when you get the vaccine i mean even if there if there's something to do there's still not a lot to do man right i mean just at least you can like <clears throat> go to the grocery store or something yeah, so anyway, I just wanted to, like, you just made me think of that. That That's true. You know, it's like, it's hard. I mean, yeah, it's like, you got to think about, like, your, especially, like, Ashley and Nikki. And, like, I was, you know, they were in their early 20s, like, 2021 20, mm. when they Damn. got injured. I was, you know, 18, 18 yeah. just had turned 18 still in high school. It's like, you know, you don't know. Like, you're expecting one thing, and then all of a sudden, like, the rug is just pulled out from under you. And it takes crazy. time to takes time to really come to grips with that. I, I would say, man. But it just, uh, yeah. I mean, just a little food for thought, I guess. I don't know. I mean, they. I don't know. I was gonna say. I mean, they have each other, which is helpful. Oh yeah. Someone to that can empath, empathize, empathize, empathize. Yeah, that's the word I'm looking for. Um, so, I mean, that is helpful. No doubt. Yeah. That, you know, you can directly turn to somebody that's going through the same thing as you and, you know, can feel the same way you're feeling potentially. And then when you explain, you can explain things to them. They will understand. 
exactly. When you don't have nobody to talk to about it, um, which probably you didn't. And then also you probably don't talk to people about those types of things anyway. Well, yeah, and I, like, didn't really... I mean, I didn't know anybody else in a wheelchair well, at that there's time. Not, and, I, and I almost, man, I feel I hate even saying this yeah. and, like, admitting to it, but I, like, didn't want to be I know. around a bunch of people in wheelchairs. Like, I thought that, like, was more of a spectacle than I was by myself. So, yeah. um, you know, I and I hate admitting that now because people, like, I, all these people that we've met through this thing, and, like, I mean, obviously, like, over the years, I've met a ton of people in wheelchairs since I know, that man. first few I mean, years, and, like, they're fucking awesome, They're on man. Front Street, man. Yeah, they're like, like, this they're is the, me. They're the coolest people I know, man, so. Yeah. And a lot of them are inspirational public speakers yeah. and uh, changing the world. Right. And yeah, I just feel like I put myself in a box for yeah. like the first time. That's five all right, years. man. We're we're here but now. It, you know, it is what it is. Man. Everybody we're... everybody takes their own path, Jeremy. Uh, yeah, it's true. And, you know, and and now look what we're doing here. You're doing here, building this podcast, bringing awareness to spinal cord injuries, and finding a cure for paralysis, and man, I mean, that's that's big. We're going to shed a light on it one listener at a time. Yeah. Yeah, it's true, man. So anyway, well, I hope uh, hope everybody enjoyed the interview with uh, Dr. Ananichi. I know I did. Um, I had a great time doing it. So, um, you know, if you feel, feel uh, so obliged, we would love if you could like this podcast, share, uh, rate, review, if you're doing it on Apple Podcasts. Um, yeah. Uh, get it out there to, to other people. We appreciate you all for listening, and uh, we'll be back next week.